I've got a pyroclastic flow. I've got a fighting queen. Date fights. Mm. Uh, if it's your first time here, uh, yes. what we like to do is do a live vivisection of an animal uh, each day uh, and I, my, until I... the chloroform wears off. What? And I do the internal monologue of it as it's bleeding out. That's right. Uh, so <laughs> let's get going. I'm kidding. What we do is we take events that occurred on this day in history and we pitch them against each other. I'm sorry for yes. that horrific imagery. <laughs> He's Jake Yap. Remember that name? Yeah. He was responsible for that yeah, first I'm image. Sorry. He's Jake Yap. I'm Nat Tapley, and together we have flicked through the grubbiest books of history and found the most outrageous pictures and are briefly showing to the gym to you before hiding them away again. Um, I'm going to take you to the 7th of April, 1141, when England got its first queen. Hooray! Do you know what her name was? Matilda. It was but well done. Yeah. There we go. We've learned something over the last few months. Queen Matilda, first lady of the English. Uh, some people say she wasn't the queen, but we ignore them because they're wrong. Yeah. Uh, she was the daughter of King Henry I. And now you have in the past, Jake, complained about stories that contain too many Henrys. I believe the following story <laughs> has five Henrys. So oh. <laughs> hold on to your Henry hat. I think historic density should be measured in yeah, Henrys. I mean, well, you don't think there are too many Henrys. There are actually more than one Matilda in this story as well. Which is oh. quite something. So Henry I was king of England. He sent his daughter Matilda to marry uh, the Holy Roman Emperor Henry V. Um, then her older brother drowned in the white ship disaster on the 25th of November, 1120, and he was the heir to the throne. Uh, so Henry the first called Matilda back. Uh, by that time, her husband Henry had died, uh, and he married her to Geoffrey of Anjou, um, and he made the whole court swear that when I die, she's going to be the queen, and that'll be fine. That's Everyone's agreed to that, and everyone said, yeah. yes, we agree. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yes, Henry, Henry the first. What about you? In you, in the court, I didn't yeah, see you your Stephen hand. of Blois. You. What have you got to say about it? No, this is fine with me. Okay. Right. Um, and 11.35, he died and went, well, that's fine, and I guess my daughter will just be the queen. And she wasn't. She wasn't even in the country at the time. So Stephen of Blois said, don't worry, everyone, I will be king, and you will have a new cool king called Cool King Stephen. Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that like... <laughs> that's good. Like Ethel, Ethel, Ethel Red, 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 And like, Stephen the Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stephen the Cool. Uh, 11.39. Stephen the Born Ready. <laughs> Matilda yeah. came back um, with the help of her brother, Robert of Gloucester, to try and take the throne. Uh, there was... Did she have a magic finger? She didn't have a magic finger. This is less Roald Darley mm. than it could be. Um, mm. She uh, fought with Stephen at various places until the Battle of Lincoln. She caught him at the beginning of 1141 um, and said, right, in which case, uh, I'm the Queen now. I'm definitely the Queen. He's in a jail. Um... I want to be crowned. And everyone said, yes, you should be crowned. And on the 6th of, 7th of April, 2020, the Lords have got... No, not 2020. On the 7th of April, 1141, everyone got together and said, you are now the Lady of England. We're not quite crowning you yet. You'll have to come to London to get crowned, knowing that everyone in London hated her. So she arrived in London and everyone chased her out and said, go, get out of London. You can't be crowned in London. Boo, boo. And so she... That was a 
clever yeah, trick. So she went back to Oxford and hid in Oxford. Um, then later on, her brother, Robert of Gloucester, got captured at the rout of Winchester. Um, and so she had to agree to exchange Stephen back for her brother. So she swapped him and then she was trapped in Oxford Castle, escaped across the moat dressed in white, escaped across the River Isis. Um, anyway, she, she was queen for seven years until 1148, uh, until her son became Henry II. There's another Henry. Um, and Stephen's brother was a Henry. We could list Henrys for a while if you want. But she was oh, first, no. first queen of England or first female leader of England. Uh, the Lady of the English, never crowned, but queen in all our hearts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, every day. Stephen's wife was the other Matilda. She, she complained a lot. I've got the 7th of April. Well, well, first of all, I want to talk about... <laughs> oh, yes. I, was, I want to talk about Mount Vesuvius. Oh, yes. What done in Pompeii, yeah. Herculaneum, yeah. Oplontus, Stabiae... Ooh. Stabby, stabby, and rice slip. Uh, it it uh, had some pretty horrendous uh, eruptions. It released 100,000 times the thermal energy released by the Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombings. Mm. But let's go forward from that. Let's go to 1906. Okay. It erupts again on the 7th of April, and it, just, it devastates Naples. Mm. It killed more than 100 people and ejected the most lava ever recorded from a Vesuvian eruption. Well, I mean, who's going to record it? That's the yeah. thing. Someone's going to, you know, you hold the they bucket. Weigh it. Yeah. Now, you, you hold the bucket and I'll hold the clipboard. You hold the bucket. <laughs> so uh, they had to um, cancel the Olympics of 1908, which was supposed to be held there, which seems a bit silly to me. I mean, Naples yeah. seems like a bad idea generally, doesn't it? Yeah. Seems like a bad idea. So, because um, this year they were saying this is the first year they've ever had, ever had to cancel the Olympics. Lies, absolute lies, mate. Uh, absolute lies. Tessa well, it maybe they, they didn't cancel the Olympics, but they relocated them. Oh, okay. So I don't know. Maybe. I really don't know. Uh, there's now a plan in place mm. uh, for evacuation. Should uh, there be another eruption? <laughs> as soon as there is an eruption, I will evacuate myself thoroughly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, done it. Already done it. Just thinking about it. <laughs> Uh, this is to evacuate 600,000 people uh, who live in the Zona Rossa, oh. the red mm-hmm. zone, at greatest risk from the pyroclastic flows. Um, and it assumes, <laughs> this is where it falls down a little bit, Nat, mm-hmm. it assumes between two weeks and 20 days' notice what? of an eruption. <laughs> no, we've said to Vesuvius, you must submit it in writing between at least... 14 to 21 days in advance. Yeah, the evacuation would be by train, ferry, car and bus. Oh, wait, they've all evaporated. Oh. And it will take seven days to evacuate all of those people. Mm. I don't really think it's... I don't really think it's going to work. No. Uh, they have a goal now over the next 20 or 30 years to reduce the time needed to evacuate the area to two or three days. Hmm. But in 20 or 30 years, it may be that large amounts of Italy won't be habitable anyway with climate no, change. So why why really would it be? Yeah. Who cares? Don't worry about it. Yeah. It'll Chill out, guys. still be in our houses anyway. I'm going to do the birthdays. Happy birthday to Will Keith Kellogg. W.K. Kellogg. He's not a William, he's just a Will. 
He was a Seventh-day Adventist and vegetarian, like all Seventh-day Adventists, and tried to find a breakfast that he could enjoy, which uh, didn't offend his vegetarianism. He also founded the Kellogg Arabian Horse Ranch, so that he could abuse animals in some way, even if he wasn't eating them. He <laughs> started out by selling brooms before he moved to help his brother manage a sanatorium. Uh, the sanatorium offered hydrotherapy, phototherapy, thermotherapy, electrotherapy, mechanotherapy, dietetics, cold air cure, and health training. There we There's go. some really dodgy sounding therapies. There really there? are. I mean, phototherapy, what, that's that light? It's just sitting in. St- stop crying, light. your mum won't see the pictures. It's that. <laughs> yeah. Thermotherapy. Uh, physical oh, I've got physical culture as well. You have to physical culture. I mean, it sounds awful to me. Um, <laughs> it, sounds he, t- it sounds like Joe Wicks. Yeah. Whilst he was there, he invented flaking cereals. I don't know why he invented <laughs> flaking cereals, but he did. So that they could be eaten as a health food. Um, but he thought the process was so clever. He didn't want to show anyone how you could flake a cereal. But his brother John said, "Don't be stupid, Will. This is an amazing thing you've invented." Ah, <laughs> uh, sir, I will do my <laughs> Historical American yes. acting. Roll up, roll up to see the world's most flaked cereals, buddy. Um, <laughs> and so he showed all the guests, one of whom was C.W. Post, who had underfound General Foods, which is the other company that made cornflakes and brought them to market before Kellogg's. No. Uh, Post still exists because oh, they wow. still make grape nuts, um, which they originally called uh, Elijah's Manor, uh, but until it was banned in... Uh, Britain, because you couldn't refer to something as being biblical because it implied it had divine properties. Uh, people might think it was manner. So oh, they changed the name to Post Toasties. <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't really have started looking up CW Post because he's far more interesting than William Kellogg. He originally marketed grape nuts as yeah. being a cure for an appendicitis. He ended up getting wow. appendis- incurable appendicitis and taking his own life because he couldn't stand the pain because it was inoperable appendicitis. Because he didn't like grape <laughs> nuts. <laughs> oh, they're so dry. <laughs> so <Yeah>. malty. Just, <laughs> I cannot abide these infernal nuggets. <laughs> so anyway, wow. he wow. copied the cornflakes and brought to market before William Kellogg. So William and John fell out. Um, and they also fell out over whether to add sugar to them. In that John said you should. Oh well, that's the yeah. perennial debate, yeah. isn't it? Sugar on the cornflakes. That's cat v dog. Yeah. yeah. And so eventually, answer cats <laughs> and sugar. So Will went just, and founded the saying. Battle Creek Toasted Cornflake Company, which became Kellogg's. And that's the story of W. K. Kellogg. Happy birthday to you. Um, if anyone has any fun ideas for um breakfast cereals that are religious mm. uh, any marketing ideas why don't you share them on Twitter with yes, us or on Facebook great. it's at date underscore fight on Twitter or facebook.com forward slash date fight on the Facebook I'm thinking um, instead of frosties aposties <laughs> that's the best nice. I can come up with but if you've got any hashtag religious cereals uh, do share them with us that would be a lot of fun nice. uh, I have a death for you uh, it's uh, from 2015 Stan Freeberg cool yeah now I should know more about him, but I don't. Uh, he was an American puppeteer and voice actor and singer. He did a lot of work with Mel Blanc. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was paired with him. Uh, famously, it's thought that Mel Blanc was approached by George Lucas to provide the voice of C-3PO originally. Oh. It wasn't. It was Stan Freeberg. Oh. 
uh, he still didn't get the job. It ended up being Anthony Daniels. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he was um, he did satirical songs. So he but like satirizing popular culture yeah. and music and stuff um, in the fifties. And yes, he did a folk singer character, most, didn't he? I think I've got one of his. Albums. I think he did. Yeah, um, but one of his most famous releases was uh, a song called John and Marsha, which was just a parody of a soap opera that literally just consisted of him doing two voices going, John, Marsha, John, Marsha. Nice work if you can get uh, it. And you get, well, it, it's one of those things that it crops up in American culture, the John Marsha thing, doesn't it? Mm. And you're kind of like, ah, oh, what, what is that all about? Well, it was that. It was, um, and uh, some radio stations refused to play John and Marsha because they thought it was actually a romantic conversation between two actual people. <laughs> <laughs> so well done, well him. Done. I love, I love people like that who just, just sort of put out little, not subversive, but just playful kind of ideas like that mm. that sort of reverberate down the ages. Well done. Hooray! Well, join us together for more Hooray. tiny ideas that will reverberate down the ages. Um, <laughs> or at least Wednesday. Or until Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. Um, thanks very much for your company. Yes. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, do subscribe uh, if you haven't already. It makes a big difference to us. Yes. And um, it gives you something to delete. In a few months <laughs> time when you're you see goes, oh, look, they've done 64 yeah. episodes I haven't listened yeah. to. Help so. you feel like, yeah, wow, they're still doing wow. that. Oh wow! I, yeah, listening I mean, to that. in some ways, it's like I've got a special WhatsApp group for my parents. So they can check in and let me know they're still going. So you know, the little number mm-hmm. that pops up on your phone every time we relate an episode could be the same. You'll know we're still here. That's a good <laughs> they idea. Died yet. If if you care whether we live or die, <laughs> do think about subscribing. <laughs> oh, man. Bye. Bye.